agenda, no takes, and no rules. Social sessions with Mike Giannani. All right, let's get out of that share there. And I want to welcome everybody to social sessions. This is our inaugural social session. I'm very excited. We have two fantastic individuals today. We have Katie Coriel and longtime friend of mine, Fabian Williams, the man. And we have some very interesting things that we're going to talk about today. But as you all know, right now we're in the middle of this whole pandemic kind of thing. So first, before we, we jump into anything, what are you two, what have you been up to? How, how are you handling this? You and, you know, family, friends. Katie, you want to share first? How are you handling yeah. this? Um, I've been doing so outside of work and um, community projects with Fabian. Uh, no, it's been doing a lot of DIY and uh, I moved into a new apartment February 17th. Moved in cities. the middle of this. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> it was one of those that it actually been in the works for about a year and I was waiting for kind of the right opportunity, um, right apartment mm -hmm. and all of that. And that got like ironed out over Christmas and New Year's. And so then, yeah, moved to New York City from DC on uh, February 17th. And I left for a road trip in um, far north, uh, Norway, Sweden, and Finland on February 21st. And I came back March 1st to a whole different world. So I'm going to ask you more about that whole, that road trip in a bit, because mm -hmm. um, there's some interesting little tidbits there, I believe. Yeah. Uh, but Fabian, what about yourself? How have you been doing? How's your family doing? Oh, thanks for asking, Mike. Um, family's doing well. Um, uh, homeschooling two little young ones. Um, one's in kindergarten and one's in seventh grade. The seventh grade one is basically self-managed. Um, but the little kindergarten, you know, just getting used to school and then all of sure. a sudden this, that's, yep. that's put in a challenge. Um, you know, it's hard to maintain our focus. Um, you know, got to retrain myself. But I'm used to working from home. So this is, um, you know, this was something that I had a normal cadence around, but I'm not used to doing it with two young kids. I'm hungry, yeah. I'm stuck, I'm this, I'm that. So that, you know, that that's an added layer that I wasn't prepared for. But other than that, the work stuff, um, uh, you know, because I can't tell weekend from weekdays now, um, you know, I, I, we just mix it up. And on the weekends, we try to we just drive around without getting out of the vehicle just to get out of the house. And we have a bird, um, a, a little nesting bird area outside so oh. we can watch birds. And that's, that's probably it, you know, just try to cool. mix it a little bit. And I did start a 750 um, count puzzle over the weekend again just trying to you know do different activities i saw i saw you had that posted out i was like oh you're a brave man i know <laughs> teaching your kids strategies i saw yeah uh, start doing yeah. that's pretty cool so um real quickly you know before we get into the solution and stuff that you wanted to show um you know from both of your aspects you have both have uh you know pretty interesting careers and paths to where you you got to so, you know, again, we'll do ladies first. And Katie, you know, so tell us, what is it that you're doing today and kind of what brought you to that point? Uh, so right now I work for a like accounting practice management software company. Okay. And I'm a Power BI developer, designer, 
um, which is that it's wearing a ton of hats and it's always like every time I get asked this I'm always just kind of like well um I do a lot of things uh-huh. and it's hard to qualify it but my my joke sort of of my elevator pitch which is honestly it's on my resume it's on my website um it's like the best way I can sort of describe it is that like I'm 50% data science I'm uh probably like 15 percent designer 15 percent uh educator trainer and the rest of it's magic so 20 percent magic they put the magic in so i quick question on that then if that's what you're doing you're doing data science what's your degree in um <laughs> um so let's just say i have adhd um diagnosed so this will make a lot more sense um so i actually started my undergrad as in the honors chem program at syracuse and then maryland and i was taking chinese language and history classes as my electives Um, i was of the 75 people 74 wanted to go to med school one of us didn't so you can probably guess who that one was yeah Um, so halfway through, I was just done. I was done with like, it was so competitive. And so I was like, well, what am I going to do? So mm-hmm. I was like, well, I guess I'll just get a history degree and continue taking Chinese. Um, okay. So that's what I did. Um, yeah. And then I actually, I moved to New York City um, during like, right as like financial crash happening, worked for a hedge fund, um, then got laid off, went back went back home to Kansas and started grad school. And I actually thought that I wanted to do um, architecture school, but I had to get recurrent in calculus and physics. And it had been three, four years since I'd had those and I was struggling and to like put off my student loans. Uh, I took archeology span and- That's that's the typical career path. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So so my master's is in, if, if it's since it's us based my master's is in anthropology but i focused on archaeology and gis so geographic information systems and mapping okay so, so that that's a good lead-in that's yeah. better than mine my degree is elementary ed so if you want me to do sock puppets and you know i mean i can rock the house but um, yeah, so so like I so for my master's, I interned with AccuWeather in their on their enterprise side, yeah. and um, in the analytics department doing GIS. And my boss there uh, asked me and like my full time like equivalent for us to learn just a a number of business intelligence software. And so I and Power BI was one of them, and I just I loved it. Um, and so that was October of 16. So I've, I mean, I've been with Power BI working with it for most oh, of it. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so um, she transitioned me to like just doing that. And I mean, Microsoft used Microsoft with AccuWeather and my boss like presented my work at Ignite um, in I think or in 17. So that kind of, and then I went to, I went to with them and then I went to practice engine, my current company, and I'm still 
fighting for people to to love design and if reports are pretty people are more likely to use them that's right cool yeah well thank you fabian yeah mine's a lot so, simple <laughs> you're like me you're you're you've been around since dirt so what yeah. tell, tell us a little bit about yourself and your career all right so um i'll i'll, I'll just do the highlights then since i've been around since dirt but uh just like you, I'm former military, except, you know, I, I'm from the real side of the military. I'm from oh. the, the, the Marine Corps. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But I'm a spy, buddy. I know. Thank you, sir. So once I got out, um, I, I started to do um, uh, support desk and um, transitioned into um, land administrator. So I was more of a systems engineer. Right. Then I got bit by the bug of working with databases. I love databases. So I became a, a DBA. And then um, once, I, once I was able to understand networking and databases, you know what, let's try this programming stuff. And that's when I actually did go start go to school for programming. So, um, you know, uh, uh, CIS degrees. And um, since then, um, you know, when working with SharePoint, um, mm -hmm. after working with BizTalk Server and a couple other stuff, and uh, stuck with SharePoint since, um, since SharePoint 2003, up until it started to split into on-premises and um, cloud, decided I didn't want to do anything JavaScript, so just stuck with um, writing C-sharp code and then did mobile, um, which made me, brought me to Xamarin World. And then from then, um, you know, got the bug of AI and ML and said, okay, let's pivot over now to Azure Functions and AI and ML, which leads me here. And um, professionally, I lead a practice for the intelligent process automation for Witham, um, which Katie and I used to, um, well, Katie used to work, I still work at. And um, you know, my community work takes me down the MLAI space, and my, my professional work is all about um, IPA, which is the cross-section of MLAI with process automation. Nice. Yeah. And meanwhile, both of you are world travelers, and it kind of brings us to a little bit of a segue into this solution that you're going to want to talk about. So, uh, so Fabian, on the solution, what's the name of the solution that you guys wanted to share today? Sure. So um, uh, Katie and I um, brainstormed and worked on a solution. Um, the, the title is COVID-19 Sentiment Analysis. And what we're basically doing, it started from a conversation that um, uh, Bill Bear and Chris Gibbons, um, you know, two friends of mine, um, yeah. Microsoft once an MVP, had around um, you know, how things are going to look post-COVID-19, how our employers are going to look at it, how are people going to react to it, you know, adjusting from this work-from-home, shelter-in-place kind of lifestyle. Sure. And, um, I know I could code a solution. So that was, that was a, a no-brainer. And I said, you know what? Uh, what about the visualization part? I can learn yeah. to do Power BI. But is that the right way to do it? So I, I called Katie. I said, Katie, here's my idea. Um, what do you think about it? And um, she, you know, she, she, you know, said, and it sat with me. She said, I can probably do this faster than you can learn it. And that proves so much to be th true. And she's done such an amazing job at it. It is beyond what I even thought it could be. And I'm just, I'm like so en you know, enamored and you know, in awe in terms of what she delivered. But that's how we came to working on this solution and what we have right now. So, Katie. And just, I mean, because this was just too interesting to leave out. So leading up to doing this solution with Fabian, mm -hmm. right, you had your own little short brush that brought you to like a firsthand experience of all the craziness of COVID. So if you could in like a minute or two at the most, you know, or less, and just kind of highlight what brought you, I, I understand there might be something about reindeer and snowmobiles, but 
What? How? How did you get to that point where you were working with him on this? Uh, yeah. So as I was like moved to New York City, uh, February seventeenth, I left for um, northern Norway, Sweden, and Finland. February. Arctic Circle. Oh yeah, like Lofoten, um, Kiruna, way north, uh, Tromso, Norway, that area, uh, and with some friends on February 21st uh, to road trip. Um, we've started doing essentially Arctic trips, road trips every mm-hmm. February. Um, Got to find snow somewhere. And uh, with my educational background, I've always loved the Sami culture. And so we definitely spent some time with like reindeer. Um, Did they have masks, the reindeer? That's no, what I need to know. No, no gloves, no masks. No masks. Um, uh, and if you look at social media, there's lots of photos. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we didn't really look at social media news, nothing while we were yeah. there. And so it was uh, February 29th and we were in Finland going on a snowmobile tour to where Finland, Norway, and Sweden meet, where mm-hmm. their borders meet. Yeah. And so as we're on that and we're sitting there and I'm flying my drone and doing all that, um, our tour guide told us about Finland having their first reported case that day. And we were just kind of, we're like, oh, okay. Like we're so far north. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was also like, I did take my computer on the trip um, on the off chance. I felt like if I lug this thing around, I'm not going to be quarantined for two weeks. And if I do take it, I won't be quarantined. So I wasn't. Um, but yeah, we came back March 1st to a, like a totally different world. Yeah. And and so you got back and then you needed to go in and they, they you actually were tested then for COVID. Uh, yeah. It, I mean, it, it did take a few weeks. Um, mm-hmm. I've been in lockdown since March 14th, um, like pretty, pretty strict lockdown. Um, and part of that's due to I am a higher risk person. Uh, I'm. I do immunotherapy treatment for Hodgkin's at Johns Hopkins. So I'm also lucky that I have Hopkins um, behind me. And I mean, they're they're leaders on this, um, on COVID. And yeah, and so Fabian and I had started like working on this, but a week and a half ago, I went down to Hopkins for my treatment and ended up having a mild fever, 99.6 no other symptoms. And um, because I was coming from New York City, or because I'd been in New York City, New Jersey, or Connecticut in 14 days, um, I, like, everything shut down, and hazmat, like, nurses in hazmat suits came to, like, collect me. Um, <laughs> the, the amount of, like, lockdown, so, yeah. So then I got... I had some great visuals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, if you go to my Instagram and under my highlights, I documented my whole like experience, um, also including like getting tested. Yeah. So um, yeah, so I got tested and it was not fun, but it wasn't awful. Um, there's video. Uh, and I did like mostly know my nurses, so they indulged me on sure. like recording all this. And yep. so yeah. Um, I had to wait like four hours and in that time found out I couldn't have treatment that day. So they sent me home. Um, 
actually, they were like, can you stay overnight? And I was like, well, my best friends are doctors. So I don't think that's like if I'm potentially. Um, and so they were like, oh, yeah, I was like, you know what? I'm from Kansas. I'm used to driving. I'll just drive back to New York City. Um, and so then they had to figure out how to get me from second floor to the first level of the basement, which is the parking garage. Without possibly exposing others, right? Yep. yep. <laughs> um, and so that took some strategizing. And so finally, like, I was able to, like, get to my car. Um, my temp was back to normal within two hours. Um, still no symptoms. Um, but yeah, so it was... So that all kind of plays into when we start talking about yeah. visualizing and sentiment analysis. So what, tell me about this solution and, you know, what, is there something you want to show us? But. Yes, I, I, I'll jump in by framing, I guess, the vision. And um, um, because a lot of this is so visual, if Katie would like to share yeah. um, you know, her screen, you know, we, we can pivot over to that. But um, I, ideally, we wanted to get feedback from people. Um, you know, with, you know, without you know, like trawling Twitter and trying to figure out what people are doing, we wanted to act, ask pointed questions, and we ha we had um, you know like three close-ended questions, you know, yes or no, and we had um, you know a few long-handed and Kate, this is screen, it's a few long-handed questions as well. Mm -hmm. And what we did is we we wanted to take the long-handed questions and um, put that through sentiment analysis. Just right. to see what people are doing, and um, you know, we're using Microsoft technologies for this. So we're using Azure Cognitive Services to do that, and okay. um, we're able to build the site in ASP.NET Core, and we're using Azure Functions for a lot of the middleware piece of it. And um, of course, this all gets you to what you're seeing on the screen right now, which is basically the end result of a lot of computation um, in Azure Functions. Um, the, you know, the information captured from the people inside the survey, and you know, it's the beautiful work of Katie here in terms of her visual. Which you know, I can just pivot over to her now because this, you know, this speaks volumes in terms of what we're able to get out of eight questions from an individual. Wow! So from eight questions, you're again just at a high level. You're taking that data, pulling it in using the Azure Cognitive Services um, to actually kind of analyze the responses, yep. and then you're visualizing it all with Power BI. Yep. Exactly. Beautiful. Yeah. No. And so it was. Um, I will say this is we sort of joke kind of I mean kind of joke not really uh this is proof of concept version two um mm -hmm. we did actually have a version one that uh was with uh we did do streaming technology into power bi and there were just there were so many limitations so this is okay. that's v1 Yep. So is this like point in time then that you're pulling? Yeah, so initially um, my, my thought was just to make sure that as soon as somebody submitted a survey that they were able to see their own results back. So obviously it needed to get from them into the, um, the data store through analytics right. and then back into Power BI. So we were using um, stream analytics and using the event Azure Event Hub in order to facilitate that. But um, as you know, Katie can explain it's a lot better than, than I can, but there was um, a, 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 a a difference between Power BI service, which is the only way that I we knew at the time to stream, um, you know, data in, versus right. in Power BI desktop where there's more power, but you sure. can't get the stream connection. So that that, so that, that led to that V2, the one that we're looking at <laughs> yeah. now. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was just um, Power BI like 
I obviously, I love Power BI um, and I do a lot of development and design and also training for it. And Microsoft has done a great job with it, but there's still some of the confusion around if you have any familiarity with Power BI is that there's Power BI desktop, which is the free version. Mm -hmm. Then there's Power BI service, which is online. And at least so far, um, sort of best practices, you design and create in a uh, desktop, you push to service so that it can be collaborated yep. on and shared. Um, but with streaming, if you, I think it might be slightly different for premium, and I think it is, but um, if you are just a pro user, then streaming, you have to do all creation in in the service. And there's just, gotcha. there's various things you can't, you sure. can't do. Mm -hmm. um, and so we started with the streaming and finally kind of, I could see like what you're seeing now. Um, it was in my head and I, and I just, I couldn't get there with just streaming. Yep. And so I was like, hey, um, and there was also a cost issue um, yep. that I'll let Fabian talk about in a bit, but I was like, you know, let me just design a desktop and we'll push it and we'll do scheduled refresh and it will be like near real time, yeah. but not fully real time. Mm -hmm. um, and that allowed like from our survey and just those quick questions, being able to look at it a lot more um, mm -hmm. and being able to easily visualize that of the, so, so far the people who have taken our survey, you can see a third of them who are unemployed are unemployed due to COVID. 19 right um, and the how people like how anxious people are mm -hmm. and uh for at least for the people that are taking um what percentages that's unemployed and really sorry uh, <laughs> yeah. coming in for a landing i know um i am in i'm not in the i'm not in the normal um flight path for LaGuardia, um, but I'm in their secondary one. Uh -huh. And so every once in a while, a it's all good, it's all good. Yeah. Uh, so, and my window was open, so sorry. Um, but, but yeah, so wanted to be able to be able to look at things like this. Um, it also allowed for me to design this so that um, if you're on, on this candy colored rainbow, and I will say that I was having color and color theory is it's important, but it's not always the easiest. So one of Fabian and I's old coworkers, Adam Kruger, actually helped me. We developed the color scheme together gotcha. and were essentially uh, inspired by Disney Pixar's Inside Out and realizing this is talking like we're looking at emotion. We're looking at feelings. Mm -hmm. um, and so I felt, I felt good about being able to use a bit more color in the, like, in talking about something that's so heavy versus since we're not looking, like we're looking at emotions and feelings versus looking at, uh, mortality rates and yeah, right. Instead of just raw data, this is more around. And, and I think that's where that cognitive analysis comes in. Right. So yeah. instead of just doing feeds of, numerical data we're actually taking sentiment around emotion right how people emote and yeah. then pushing that out beautiful so we even have a work cloud a cloud yeah 
Yeah, because it, what, what I wanted to get to here are some of the things that are, you know, on TV and in the news are inundated with, you know, the you know infection rate, mortality rates, um, you know, hospitalization. And, you know, there's people that are that are tied to this. All right. And people are going through their own those struggles and yeah. um, mental health and emotional. And uh, I wanted I wanted to find a way to basically show that. And um, the only way is to ask people questions, pointed questions, and have them just mm -hmm. talk about it, and then using sentiment analysis to, you know, to figure out uh, wh where are they coming from with that. Are you know, is it something, you know, on the anxiety side, something, you know, where people are okay, and just measuring that. So, yeah, you know, so, different ways in terms of visualization. So, from a like a, if we think about a practical application standpoint of this, right, where you where you would see this being this type of a report. Um, folks wanting to instantiate and uh, you know, and then use to drive decision making things. Where where do you see this uh, playing in the space around things sure. today? And and I'll give you mine, and of course, you know, Katie will certainly have her her thoughts on as well. Yeah. But for me, I look at it in a in a couple different ways, or maybe a few, not a couple. But one, employers as they're starting to make decisions um, about how to bring come bring back people into the workforce, yeah. they could be looking at this and saying, okay, is it too soon? Is it not soon enough? You know, um, you know, are, are you are you starting to see a trend whether people are laid off or not laid off, where people are less anxious and you know and 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 more want to come back into the workforce, or from a from an employer only perspective, if you are concerned about your employees' mental health and stability, yeah. because you're not in the office to walk by and say, hey, what's going on? Here's something that you can require them to fill out, you know, once per day, many times per day. Because I know for me, where where I was last Monday is not where I'm at today, and, and certainly we're not where I'm gonna be at this Friday. So having different people use it at different times, you can actually see those trends and, and and figure out, do I need to be talking to this employee because I can't see them based on what I'm hearing from this and have a, a, a more connected conversation. And then for the, the third the third wheel is um, just people, normal people, you know, like me at home with kids, you know, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. I know I have my own thoughts about what's going on. This allowed me to see what other people are, are, are seeing as well. And I'm not share, necessarily sharing their words as much as I'm sharing the sentiments behind those words. Right. And that should resonate as well. So before we get into the, uh, you know, if people are interested in something like this, as far as the complexity, because I find it fascinating when, when you're building something like this and what how the platform, you're in V2 now, you know, talking about the complexity, obviously you had a small group uh, working on this and were you able to do just hunker down, you know, total focus? Uh, you know, how, how did that work? I, I love that reaction, Katie. I, I, I'll do I'll do 30 seconds. And I'll let Katie pick up the rest. So my 30 second is this. So it was just Katie and I working on this. Granted, we know a few people that we could have doing testing with us, but um, sure. we basically and we're doing this on nights and weekends because she has a full-time job. I have a full-time job. Gotcha. Um, so I, I basically coded as much as possible. Katie also, you know, we're, we're, we're iMessaging each other. You know, we'll jump up and start to do some stuff. Um, but uh, that's it. It was just me and her and then a few okay. testers. Katie? Yeah, no. Um, yeah, it's the... It's been fun developing this. And it's still, I mean, there's on the Power BI side and show, like, so showing of um, the report and all of that, it's the, by hopefully, it's not in like production level or, I mean, it's public and 
people can go take the survey, but it's not like what we would consider um, like the the official published sort of sure. production level, um, just because there's some resources that are still outside of our range in terms of like Power BI premium and things like that. But yeah, no, I mean, it's the, I've been just like Fabian had talked about, I've been mostly remote for years. I mean, from grad school to, cause I was, I taught while I was in grad school, but I taught online classes. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, I even did a stem cell transplant um, from my hospital, like, I mean, being in the hospital teaching intro archeology span at Wichita State. Um, so, but with this solution though, you're working nights, weekends, yeah, and you have other personal things going on. So, like, I know Fabian is fitting this in his family, and Katie, you're fitting this with <laughs> exactly. With my cats. Let me let me do the setup. No, no, let me do the setup. <laughs> Katie and I are working, um, and um, you like you mentioned before, she does this clinical trial. There's on two occasions. One one we were doing a meeting with some Microsoft folks, and uh, we're just demoing this to them. And she had she was in hot. Um, Hopkins that day and another time the first time which you know totally like told me off guard is we're working on something and I'm hearing doctors talking to her I'm hearing beeping going off and I'm saying are you okay she said yeah yeah, yeah. it's just this keep going <laughs> that was that was that was really shocking but um, well where were where were you no I mean I was uh sitting in treatment room at Johns Hopkins hospital um the... you're getting treated while you're working on the solution yes oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah um it's and the reason of the another like the other call that Fabian mentioned that uh with Microsoft folks um I that was the day I got tested that Thursday and then I had to come back the next day for treatment so that shouldn't have happened so I should have been home to be yeah. able to that call that was the original was, plan that was the original yeah. plan yeah and but it, I mean from soup to nuts. So you're getting treated. You're with your family and your kids and putting puzzles together yeah. in between. To, so from the day you decided to start this project, yeah. doing this part time and you you both fitting this in where you can and what till this V2 piece that you just uh, that you finished. How, what, what kind of time two frame? Two and a half weeks. So two and a half weeks yeah. to build something leveraging Azure, yeah, for the data storage, cognitive services, pump it out, give this rich view and Power BI, yep, and allow slice and dicing. Yep, and I would say that we, we the v, we could have gone out the door with V1. Um, it just it just wouldn't have fit the fit the standards that what Katie wanted to have from a business yeah. standpoint. Um, from V2 to V from V1 to V2, it was more around the visualization than it was around the code because the code was locked except sure. for things that we needed to do to get extra data um, but it was more on the visualization side so i would say halfway through it code locked solution done and half and the other half is katie really refining this and getting it into a place where she and i felt comfortable putting this out so people can actually use it so the big question you know is going to be as folks they see something like this um if people are interested in learning more about it learning you know connecting with the both of you. Well, yeah. What should they be doing? Um, definitely, um, you know, connect with us on Twitter, which is at Fabian Williams, because I've been blogging. Uh, well, I've been blogging and tweeting about this. So the link for the survey and the link for the Power BI reports are going to be there. Um, okay. 
if they go to aid and I'll send you the links for this after but adob.com at atop.com we have four blog posts that walk you through the mission um, the vision and strategy the end user experience a technical walkthrough and a wrap-up and um, it's very short blog post but it has video of us going through in detail about what we did so you can learn about it but yeah. the hope is that you also take the survey and um, look at the reports and provide some feedback and Katie um, yeah, so I, um, I'm actually going to sort of start blog. I'm going to start blogging about sort of Power BI part. Um, my personal website is katefromoz.com. I'm from Kansas, so not the other Oz. Um, <laughs> and then Twitter, it's Kate Coriel. And then also, um, I post a lot on uh, Instagram. So, Katie, you also have that thing that you published in some store, right? The Power BI thingy. Um, you you published that somewhere, the P, um, like in a gallery. Oh yeah, and then yeah, we did also um, in so Power BI community website. Uh, they have data stories gallery. Oh, and so it is the report is also there. Nice. Okay. So, you know, I guess kind of to wrap this this bit up is. It sounds like then in this case, you you guys you spent this time you 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 know solutioned out to meet a need, but it's stored now. This is more of a you know help others to help. This is a community piece, not really product that people are going yeah. and buying. Yeah, right? exactly right. The entire the entire idea because you know that I'm a Microsoft MVP already, so um, a lot of what MVP do is centered around you know yeah. community activism. So yeah. That was a vision here. Um, you know, I you know, explained that to Katie as well. This is not something we're going to be charging a fee for. This is something that we're going to put out there just, you know, to you know, to to make people aware, but also serve a good purpose. Um, you know, in yeah. this living in right now. So it's really helping to, you know, like Katie was saying, you've done education stuff. This is really a show me how, teach me, because um, I can see. I mean, just the fact that you're using the cognitive services, right, with soft mm -hmm. responses. And being able to then visualize that data, there. I mean, there's a million you know applications around that that folks could benefit from. This just happens to be this instantiation, right? Yep. That, one use case. Yeah, this is just yeah. one use of many. Yeah. Well, and it's it's also it's the so much like I think majority of us are cooped up in our houses and having cabin fever, uh, and it's the. Uh, it took till like it was the end of last week that I finally like realized of uh, there's a difference between quarantine work and remote work. Yeah. And I mean, even yeah, I like I moved, I went on vacation and I came back March 1st to a different world. And other than it's I am actually I'm so thankful that Fabian reached out to me about this project because I was like Mental health wise, I mean, I had no motivation and I was not inspired for anything for like my own work. And and I think you're not alone in that. No. Yeah. And and so this actually this helped like spark a lot for me also professionally, like in my big kid job. Um, and but it's also it's the every day when I look at it, it does like. Hopefully, like, I don't think it's not a crappy thing and try not to cuss. Um, I was raised by Navy <laughs> people. Um, 
So I'm a Navy brat. Uh, um, and so, but no, but seeing that all these feelings that I have, it's, it's pretty universal. Everyone's struggling. Everyone's having really rough days. Um, Fabian and I are like really lucky that we have jobs right now. Um, I know so many people that have, that have been let go or furloughed. Um, I mean like aeronautical engineers are being furloughed right now. And really? so you'd never think engineers. So it's just it's it's difficult. I know I know friend like I know friends whose weddings have been now postponed, and yep. other other friends that are hoping to be able to have their wedding July third. Yeah, I, I think you know if I if I look at what what the two of you have done, and I think it's awesome because you know very different backgrounds. Um, Working remote in all this, two things. One, you've produced this great piece that people can take and use to start looking at, you know, how this could help them. Mm -hmm. um, they can give feedback into your project, uh, but then they can also take those learnings and start to look at other applicability and leverage these kind of tools mm -hmm. to accomplish that. And the second really is that, you know, apart from the tech, it's, in times like these, it's finding something that, you know, we can have our daily job or maybe we're not with one at the present. But if you communicate and start to work with other folks around something that has some purpose, right, a common purpose to deliver something, it, it provides some motivation. It provides a sense of accomplishment. Mm -hmm. And if you, number one, from a professional standpoint, you're helping others and if, uh, you know, possibly helping others, but you can also use it as an opportunity to network, to get out there. And if you if you were unfortunate enough to be one of those folks who didn't use that time to, again, work, work with others, network, push something out that others can benefit from. And then that can help you in the, the post pandemic time frame as far as or even in to maybe network and connect and, and start doing something. Absolutely. Good yeah. way to summarize it. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you both. All right. Thank you, Mike. This thank has been you. Awesome. So this is our inaugural social sessions. I hope that everybody uh, who's watched this has learned something. We we're very fortunate to have these two as our first speakers. So thank you, Katie. Thank you, Fabian. Uh, stay tuned in the future. We're going to be cranking out. I actually have another recording I'm doing today, but we're going to be releasing one a week uh, of these social sessions, and you're going to get to meet a whole host of very interesting folks like the ones we had today. Learn a little bit about them, learn a little bit about some tech that can benefit you, and get social. And with Thanks. that, this is Mike. Fabian. Katie. Bidding you have a great day, everybody. Take care, and as always, I can find my record button to stop. Take care and ciao. Bye now. Bye. Bye.